Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today, Remington Tonar returns to the show. Always a great and insightful conversation with him. We talk about a number of different things today. Wall Street bets, cryptocurrency, his intellectual influences and curiosities. We discuss herd mentality and people feeling like our current form of capitalism isn't working for them. A theme that permeates this episode is the importance of education that inspires innovative thinking and mental conditioning. Buckle up. This is a great episode. You can follow Remington on Twitter at Remington Tonar. Let's begin. All right. So I am joined by Remington Tonar, who's been on the podcast, uh, episode 41, 44, and 48. For a stretch there, it was uh, becoming the Remington Tonar podcast. Yeah, so that's why you haven't though, invited me. That's why you have not invited me back for a while. <laughs> I, I had to give some breathing room. So your, your, your listeners got sick of me, which is fine. Well, you know, sometimes too much of a good thing is a bad thing. I'm, that's what everyone tells me, including my wife. <laughs> so we're here. Uh, Remington's been working really hard. He's drinking some scotch. I have a tuxedo number two martini, which is a gin martini. And uh, I just have a lot of, you know, we've been been off for so long together communicating. So I have a number of questions I'd like to ask him. And I'm just going to open the floor up to you and start with, what do you think of Wall Street bets? Yeah, well, uh, this is a great question. Um, and it has been a while since we've spoken, uh, Richie. And in that gap, uh, our government was almost overthrown. <laughs> that's that's um, one thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Just, oh, yeah, that. Uh, but yes, the, you know, Wall Street bets uh, and the explosion of some of these key stocks like GameStop and, uh, and, and AMC and others. And I actually follow Wall Street bets. Um, you know, I have the, the, uh, you can't see it on the screen, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've read it, the Reddit app and I, I look at wall street bets. Every so did day you say so I'm following it now too. Did you follow it before when this was no, going on? No, 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 no. There's yeah. not a chance. Right. I mean, you know, these people terrify me. Um, <laughs> and I apologize in advance to any of your listen, listeners who, who I might offend in the <laughs> process of, of talking about this. And, but look, I I'm, I'm all for these people. Okay. Like, uh, I say, uh, one, uh, good for them for organizing, right? Mm -hmm. Using the digital tools that are available to them today and, and taking action against, uh, you know, a, a part of our, of our um, investment system that they feel is, is unjust. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they're trying to stick it to the man, the proverbial man yeah. and, uh, and, and power to them for doing that. I would recommend, any number of other ways they do it, uh, but I appreciate why they're doing it. And uh, I actually think that, you know, this, this type of collective action is, is very much rooted in the same uh, sense of alienation and ostracization that has led to massive mobs storming the Capitol, for example, uh, Black Lives Matter. And of course, these aren't the same people, right? And that's not, my, that's right. not what I'm saying. These aren't the same people. But the, the, the fact is that our society, and again, you know, we've talked about this before, due to things like rising wealth and equality, uh, our society uh, or parts of it are increasingly um, being left behind, right? And, and it doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left or, you know, if you're white or black or, or et cetera, right? There are groups in every part of our nation 
that feel like our system is leaving them behind and they are being left out of the fruits of, of what our capitalism uh, is providing. And uh, when people feel um, put out, mm -hmm. overlooked, disdained, right? Uh, offended by, by, by the, the, the system, you know, they will rise up and they will take action in various forms. They'll hit the streets, they'll march on the Capitol, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, you know, mass, mass buy a, a stock. Um, the, uh, you know, and, and so all of these things I think are, are rooted in the same set of problems that our society has, that our country and our economic system have, uh, that, have that have led to these types of outbursts of anger and frustration. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I think this is just another symptom of those problems. So where's wall street bets at right now? So GameStop is still over 400 or what? Well, let's see what, what is, uh, what's GameStop at today? Um, what did it close at? Let's see. It closed at $51 and 10 cents. Oh, 49 50 after hours. Uh-huh. So what do it you is, think about? This whole thing started back when it was in the 40s. So it's almost back down to where it was before the, uh, um, the, you know, the gold rush. So is that people... Not surprising. Yeah. So is, is that people it's getting math. out then and using the Robinhood app? You've, you've had opinions about the Robinhood app before. Yeah, I, I don't. So here, my vision, and, and you know this about me, we go back, right? And, and mm -hmm. you know, I have, I have long been a proponent of an empowered, informed, educated citizenry taking collective action in its own self-interest to balance the equation against the few oligarchs who have power in our society, right? Like oh, I've yeah. always believed that. You know what the problem with these types of movements are, right? They're, they're organizing against the oligarchy, but you know what's missing? The informed and educated part. They've been empowered by these digital tools, but they have no idea what they're doing. You know what's scarier than a world run by oligarchs? A world run by idiots. So what you're saying is it's like, it's almost like mob. It's like a mob. It's mob mentality. It's yeah. herd mentality. It's, it's groupthink, right? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, on wall street bets, you know, there, there are posts on here where people are trying to educate others about how short selling works, for example, and they're entirely wrong. <laughs> like, like mm. their explanations are just false. There's so and much short, so short much selling is a dangerous, it can be a very dangerous thing for someone who's not educated on it. Right. Uh, it can be, but you know, that's not what the, that's not what these, these people are doing. These people are actually buying long, buying, they're, okay. shorting. Yeah. They're, they're buying long, right. To squeeze the shorts. So, mm -hmm. you know, GameStop and AMC and stocks like this had tremendous short interest. So, you know, th there were stocks where, uh, you know, many, many of the investors, a large percent of the float was short interest, right? So it's, it's folks who own the stock, but on the short side. And, you know, if you drive the price up, it squeezes the shorts and, you know, they just keep losing money. They keep losing money. So eventually they have to liquidate their short positions, right. At a huge loss. Um, but one of the, you know, one of the funny thing is, and I can't, I have to be careful here what I say, but I have friends who work in hedge funds, Ooh, hedge funds and um, bad. Uh, Dirty word. Yeah. I let you know. And, you know, I have a lot of good friends in the hedge fund world and some of them were on the long side of these stocks. And, uh, the uh, you know so some of them were on the long side of these stocks so when when these uh, you know the the mob out there the the uh, the plebeian day traders um, started driving these share prices up you know they thought they were sticking it to the hedge funds there were hedge funds on the other side of the equation that made crap tons of money <laughs> <laughs> because these these people were driving the stock price up so it's like yeah you know you hurt those hedge funds over there 
but you know, you, you just made these people rich. These, you know, these guys yeah. who are already rich, you just made them richer. Right. It's, it's like, it's the game doesn't work like that. You can stick mm-hmm. it to this guy, but it's not like money is a, is a, is a, it's a finite resource. Right. Like, so yes, is this, would you say more, like, it just goes from here to here. It's just transferring wealth to different people. Yeah. Is this more crowdsourcing or is it more mob mentality? It's mob mentality. It's yeah. absolutely mob mentality, right? I mean, I get what, like, so. What is what would crowdsourcing look like? Uh, you mean like crowd? What, when, you, when you say crowdsourcing, like what do you mean? What I'm wondering is like if you could, if 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 a group, a subreddit, made that big of an impact on uh, coming together and taking action, what else? In, in like a positive way, how can we make an impact by people using their knowledge, spreading that knowledge to other people and working together? Yeah, I think that this is a key question, right? The, the, the collective action that digital platforms enable needs to be used in a more intelligent way, right? And in a more thoughtful way. This is all emotion, right? Yeah. It's like, ah, stick it to the man, right? I mean, like, the fact that it happened so quickly is just is demonstrative of the fact that it was entirely just like emotive bandwagon driven. Yeah. That's not thoughtful, right? Mm-hmm. How many of those people do you think can tell you one thing about GameStop's financials or AMC's financials or Dogecoin's financials, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, in, in the, the, um, you know, the mentality here isn't one of like, let's actually think through this and, and think through how, um, you know, we can uh, affect change in the most systemic and sustainable way, right? It's just like, hey, you know, I feel like I'm part of this big wave that's, that's you know, trying to have an impact and, and you know, it feels good. This is like, do you remember uh, Coney, the Coney Invisible? Coney 2012, yeah. 2012, same wow. thing. Yeah. Like, what did that do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did nothing, you know? Well, and, is, yeah. that, is that interesting that, like... Um... People are driven more by their anger than they are their like thoughts or their their calmness. Yeah, it's like if you want to use a simplistic analogy, right? I mean, Kahneman, right? Fast and slow, mm-hmm. right? I mean, system one, system two. Look right there. Like, yeah, like which 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 uh, mode of thinking you think this was? You know, this wasn't slow yeah. thinking, right? This is this is fast thinking. Um, you know, and and I guess like what else is there's GameStop, there's Dogcoin or or Doggy Coin or whatever. Doggy coin, right? Is that, I guess that's how you pronounce it, doggy coin. And uh, an AMC, what else was there? There's a couple of other ones, right? Like but, costs, um, I think. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah, brick yeah. and mortars, a lot of brick and mortars. Yeah, right? just like tra- traditional, like traditional kind of beaten down stocks that Wall Street professionals don't like for good reason. For good right. reason. These are not good companies. You know, game, the game, GameStop's business model is not a good business model, right? It is, it is hurting financially because it has not adapted with the times. Why should we reward a company that has not adapted to consumer preferences, right? Like that company, companies that don't do that should go out of business. That's the whole point of our system. Why are these people trying to save it, right? And here's the other thing. They're not saving it. Here's, Here's the big secret, secret, right? New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, these are secondary markets. The stock we've, has we've, already been issued. You're, you've you're not, talked like, about the, it before, yeah. GameStop isn't getting that money. You're not. You're, yeah. you, this money isn't going to save GameStop, right? You're it's the owners the of those shares. shares. You're buying the. Sh- you're buying these shares from other people, individuals, or or hedge funds or institutions, 
right? You're not buying them from GameStop. GameStop issued those in their IPO or the last time they issued new shares, right? The mm-hmm. shares you're trading are second, you're on a secondary market it being exchanged between individuals. So you, you haven't really helped GameStop at all. If anything, you've hurt GameStop. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this whole thing has been a distraction, you know, and, you know, in, so, so the, uh, you know, and you, you now you've now pumped and dumped this, uh, uh, you know, the, the price. And, and so, you know, their insiders, their executives who had, you know, a lot of these shares, I mean, you know, they can get, they can get out now and now they're less yeah. vested in the company. Like, like you, you've, you've actually done nothing to help these companies. Um, you just made other people a little richer. So a lot of these big tech companies, uh, social media companies, they're making money by spending so little on the uh, the operating costs, right? Or the, mm-hmm. the startup costs, right? So the, the profit margin is so high. They're getting rich off of our attention. Yeah. What, so how, and we have this wealth gap that keeps rising and rising and rising. Um, what's a way to... Make this work better for more people. Again, it goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it goes. Because if you look to, at Congress, it looks like they have no clue what's going on. And then if I'm someone well, at big tech, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's well, like Congress. Yeah, you know, you know lawyers. Um, the uh, well, look. Again, I go back to having an educated and empowered citizenry, right? Mm-hmm. And if citizens are educated and informed, right? Like they're going to be able to make better independent choices. People are fighting now about what education is. Yes, yeah, well, education should be a big fight. We should be fighting about education, right? Like education is more important to fight about than most of the other stuff we, we debate about on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, right? In the public yeah. square. Um, we should have a, we, education should, should be a hotly contested topic, right? It's, it's not as much as it should be. Um, cause that's you know, the foundation. Talk, that's the foundation. the foundation learning yeah. and education. Dude, like, you know, we argue about guns. I guarantee yeah. you that a better educated citizenry would shoot fewer people. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, there's, there's even studies out there on police department shootings. Cause you know, some police departments don't require college degrees. Okay. There are studies that suggest again, not dispositive. So I won't say they prove they suggest that uh, more educated police use their weapons, their sidearms, their service weapons, far less in the line of duty, significantly less in the line of duty, which honestly isn't, isn't that surprising to me, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it, it, so, so like education is the bedrock or ought to be the bedrock of a healthy society, but we've foregone mm-hmm. proper education, right? And so mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, like people are, people are easily distracted by the ads and they click on the ad and they feed the beast you know, because they want to, they I don't even on, know if they're clicking on the ads really. Well, but, but, but here's the, but it's, it's all about, it's all about like multi-touch attribution. So it's like, you don't have to yeah. click on the ad to like, for that ad to have affected you. Right. Right. So it's right. Like if you, if you see an ad for impressions, yes. Yeah, so, so if you see an ad for something and then you Google it later, yeah. right. Like that, well, you know, it's like that ad, you didn't click on it, but it still motivated you to search for that thing later. But right? all these things, um, that's the problem. We're, we're being think, influenced. No, no, that's, the, that's the problem. Things. Yeah. The whole problem is things. Like people, because they have a lack of education, educa- because people lack the educational foundation necessary to live an interior life, what's happening is people are trying to 
fill, and this has always been the case, fill their life with things, right? And so you feed this commercialism that is, you know, ultimately fueling, you know, this, this rise of wealth inequality, uh, because the people that, you know, have the, the, that control these tools, uh, you know, that, that pacify the masses, right? Um, you know, you pacify know, they, too by, through pleasure as well. Yeah, it's what it is, right? Just I mean, give, these give are all the people what they want. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's bread and it's games, like a pacifier. Right? It's it's bread and games, right? I mean, it's it's uh, the Roman po poet Juvenal, right? You know, it's like you know the the Panamet Circensis, right? The the sure, people yeah. crave only the people crave only two things: bread and games, right? We just had the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. If I feed you and I entertain you, you're not gonna complain, right? Yeah, and and like this is how the powerful stay in power. You have to entertain mm -hmm. the people. You have to make sure their bellies are full and that they have distractions, right? And then they will stay as poor and ignorant as you want them to for as long as you want them to, because most people are not smart enough to realize that they're just being pacified, uh, you know, by their or through their interests in trivialities and mm -hmm. frivolities and the superfluous. So that, so that like big, big tech companies that are selling our attention they just keep getting richer and richer and richer. Is there anything to do about it? They're giving, but they're giving the people what they want, though, right? I don't, I don't blame them. Yeah. Right? A lot, a lot, a lot of people who who just said what I said uh -huh. are like, oh, we got to take these guys out. We got to tear them down. I don't agree with that, right? Like the only reason they exist is is because people demand their existence. Yeah. So what you need to do is more at the bottom level, educate Boom. people. That's my whole thing, right? It's like, I, yeah. don't, I don't blame big tech. They're giving, like, I don't blame McDonald's. It's, it's what, you blaming McDonald's for obesity, right? It's like, blame the people who eat at McDonald's, you know? Yeah. It's like, like, why, it's, it's like, ah, oh, McDonald's is making, why are you eating there? You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, if McDonald's is so evil, why do many, many millions of Americans, hundreds of millions of people worldwide eat at McDonald's yeah, every over, day? Over a billion served. Over a billion served, you know, McDonald's has served like, you know, almost a 10th of the world's population. Yeah. <laughs> That's absurd, actually, when you think about it. Uh, many times over, right? So, you know, it's, it's like McDonald's isn't the problem, right? Mm -hmm. It's like McDonald's, there are other problems that allow McDonald's to thrive. It's not McDonald's yeah. fault that they're giving people something that people themselves want, you know? So, you know, and it's like, well, this is a tangent, but, you know, it, it applies to any industry. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, better food's more expensive. Well, why is better food more expensive? Because nobody wants it. If, <laughs> if, every, if everybody was trying to buy vegetables, I guarantee you there'd be an explosion of vegetable companies and the price of vegetables <laughs> would get really cheap really quick. I guarantee it. That's how yeah. economics work. That, like, that's how our system works, supply and demand. And, and uh, you know, but people don't want vegetables. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, and if you're like, well, it's biological that like salts and fats taste. Yes. Okay. Well, how do you overcome biology? Right. How do you overcome biology? Right. Education. It's yeah. only like the, the most powerful thing we have as the human animal is our brains. Right. The reason minds. we're not just like scratching our asses like apes is because of, of this guy right here, the cognitive capacity that we have right over and against other creatures. But most people don't use it. Right. So they're like, oh, fries, salt. Mm, yes. Fat, salt. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's. Right. Ah, oh, like, you know, the, the ads on, on Facebook, uh, you know, it's like, ah, like, you know, Super Bowl uh, because that, you know, they're just following their biologically evolutionarily programmed autonomic instincts, right? Mm -hmm. 
uh, and, 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 and that's their life, right? But I mean, with more education, you can say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't click on that ad. Maybe I shouldn't have the McDonald's, right? Yeah. Be- because you're able to actually self-regulate yeah. uh, and, and impose higher order values and ideas on top of your own instinctual behavior. I often like, have this like this tension, this inner tension between my my mind and body where my mind will be like, all right, this is what you do. This is boom, 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 boom. Just just do it. And then my body's like, but but what what about if we what about you, this you over think, here? What you if think, we don't you do think, that? You think you think vegetarians don't want like, you know, you don't want a, a, a quarter pounder? Come on, you know? They just say <laughs> no, they say no to the quarter pounder, right? I but mean, you like, have to, it's it's I think it's all about commitment. If you don't make that like true commitment to like I am only like it's I'm like, never gonna like, eat like, meat. Like the, the gonna like stand on about. What? The the exact the education I'm the education I am talking about is not just knowledge, right? It's mental conditioning, it's cognitive conditioning, right? It's it's teaching your mind how to understand and control and have a dialogue with itself in a way that makes you a better human being, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just like knowledge. That's not, you know, it's like education. Yeah. And this is like, you know, I guess, you know, uh, this is the, the Jesuit in me, right? It's, it's cure personalis, it's care for the whole person. Like the, the best education isn't just about knowledge transfer. It's about forming responsible human beings and responsible informed citizens, right? Uh, and, and like, this is the problem with our education system today. I think we've way over-indexed on STEM, right? I mean, like STEM, STEM, STEM. This, the stuff that they're teaching kids in STEM classes in high schools today, or like, let's say at worst grade school, right? Will be obsolete by the time they get into the workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the rate of the advance of technology. It's like what, you know, it's like, you know, remember when, you know, it's like, all right, I, I learned, I learned, and it's like, you're, you're learning to type, but fine. Okay, you, you learn to type, but like, by the time you're out of school, everyone can type. It gives you no advantage whatsoever. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's commoditized, you know, so, you know, but, but teaching people how to learn and appreciate learning and knowledge and self-improvement, right? I mean, those are the types of skills, the, the autodidacticism, those are the type of skills that, that will allow you to thrive forever in any environment, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that's what it's we don't teach them. Uh, within this COVID environment over the last year that's shifted and adaptability has become such a, a huge thing that people We've talked about this before. Yeah. We, we talked about this before COVID, I think, right? Like the importance of, of adaptability, anti-fragility, agility, you know, you know, nimbleness of mind, right? But, uh, you know, it's like, and then the crisis happens and people are like, ah, you know, it's like, you got to be agile. Well, you should have thought of that before the crisis. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've watched... Um, I've read all of his books and then I've read, watched a few interviews with uh, Yuval Harari. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. like the two skills. Yeah, the, the now I know at least one of, the, Hebrew, one of the skills is like. Now esteemed Hebrew, uh, Hebrew University in Jerusalem historian with uh, Yes, Harari. he wrote uh, Sapiens, which is a huge book. Homo Deus is, is a really great one, too. Um, it talks about like people skills and and your ability to to navigate the future as more and more things are happening quickly and and there's going to be so much change throughout your entire life and the education in four years or throughout high school or grade school, like you have to constantly be learning 
and willing to adapt your entire life because it's the change and the speed in which technology is going. It's not, it's not going to stop. So you have to change yourself. Yeah. I think everyone has to have that mindset, but again, that's something that by the time you're an adult, if you're trying to do that, when you're an adult, that's hard. You need to start inculcating that mode of operation into children when they're younger. Yeah. I think adults too, they, they get in their ways and they're, it's about the ego. It's like, no, I've been doing this for so long well, or like. It is about, it is about ego. It's about, it's, 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 uh, it's psychological path dependence, right? You become reliant on one way of being. It's comfortable. Uh, it's certain, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's evolutionarily we're programmed to reduce ambiguity and uncertainty, right? To control our environment. Yeah. So we don't get, you know, destroyed by the storm or eaten by the wildebeest. Um, and uh, the, uh, um, uh, you know, so, and we, we still try to do that in our own ways, in our lives, in our careers. Um, and, you know, if I, if I know like, Hey, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. I'm comfortable with it. It works for me. Like, you know, the old adage, right. Don't uh, fix it. If it's it yeah. broke, don't. I'm horrible yeah. with cliches. I don't like cliches, so I can never get cliches. Right. But uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that's, that's, that's wrong. It's actually wrong. It, like that is actually horrible advice, horrible <laughs> advice. Right. You know, seriously, it's like, think about it. Innovation, improvement, like in a, the, like innovation is antithetical to if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, innovation happens when you create net new value mm -hmm. that, that, you know, disrupts markets, industries, ways of oper operating and, and, and life as we know it, because it has brought something truly novel into existence right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's creating value for, for people. And, uh, you know, did, does that mean that like what we had before wasn't good? No, it just means yeah. there's something better, right? I yeah. mean, it's like the horse, there was nothing wrong with the horse and buggy. There was nothing wrong with the horse and buggy. If, if everyone operated, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, Hey, we don't need <laughs> to improve anything. We're doing fine. Right. It's like, Hey, if you really think that way, then next time you get out of your car, sell your car, go get a horse, Right. And I want to see you riding around on your horse. So, you know, if you're, if you're consistent logically with that worldview, then sell all, sell your phone. You know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with what we had before computers, get rid of your computer. You know, yeah. it's like, Hey, the ne the Neanderthal homo erectus thought they were doing fine with, with, you know, animal skin. So, you know, strip out of your, your, you know, mass produced clothing and just like don animal skins. There was nothing wrong with that for those people either. Isn't it crazy how like nothing is original? Everything is just added on, built upon, taken yeah, it's here, cumulative. made it it's better over it's here. Cumulative. It's, yeah. it's cumulative, yeah. But here's the thing though. There's a couple things though. Rate of accumulation, rate of, rate of, rate of increase, but then also like not all, uh, like, like some cumulative, like some compounding is super linear, right? It's nonlinear, it's super linear, it's exponential. So, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, it's like I created this new thing and it's derived from this old thing, but it's a spectrum. You can derive something from something that exists that's like incremental, okay. or you can derive something from something that exists that's exponential, right? Where it's like, wow, that's so far, you know, it's like I, I evolved that so much mm -hmm. that it's now like radically new, right? Radical innovation, disruptive innovation versus incremental innovation. What would be a, a recent example of uh, exponential? Uh, oh, that's a great question. I, 
Uh, quantum computing is an exponential innovation. Fusion energy would be an exponential uh, kind of revolutionary innovation, right? I mean, things like that, right? I mean, things that are like paradigm shifting, right? That like how, how many how many of these revolutionary changes do you think you and I will experience in our lifetime? Ooh, that's a good question. Here's a better one, or or as good of a question is how many have we experienced in our lifetime? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, what would surprise you in your lifetime? Oh, uh, very little, honestly. And that's what is disappointing about life. But that's what I mean is like, <laughs> we don't know what we don't know, Remington. If I ever see something where I'm like, wow, I knew so little before that this just blows my mind. Like, I just like, I just like, I'd, I'd end it. I'd jump off a, a building or something because I just don't expect that to happen. Like the probability yeah. of something that actually shocks me happening is like, like, like macro. What I, you know, like if a, if a car, if an airplane, like, you know, flew through yeah. my, my window over here, like that would be shocking. Right. Like, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. You know, it's like, but what you know, you're saying is you're in your head, you know, that things are always going to be changing and, and we're always going to be discovering things and, and accelerating so you, you kind of expect. Yeah. What, like this is like, you know, this yeah. is, you know, what I do for a living is to mm -hmm. help other people think that way. Right. Yeah. So like, I have to myself think that way, you know? So I'm always thinking of like, you know, and, and but the problem is then nothing is ever satisfactory. People are like, Oh, we got yeah. this great new technology. And I'm like, this sucks. You know, <laughs> that's why you just have to unplug sometimes just go for a walk and just Admire the birds chirping. Yeah, hundreds of, I got hundreds of employees now. I can't go for a walk. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you're living the philosopher's life, man. It's like, you know, you can, you can unplug, you can get rid of your data. You can go for a walk. Like, you know, how convenient for you. You're, very, you're the, you're, you're the, you're, you're the, you're the leisure class. Yeah, Rich, you're the leisure class. The leisure class. Yeah, you're the leisure class. You just live in a leisurely life. It's a it's a very simple life. Some of some of us work for our money. <laughs> <laughs> what you, what you want is your money to work for you, though. That's absolutely true. But here's the thing, and this is like the, 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 here, back to Wall Street bets for a second, right? So these people, you know, they they everyone bought GameStop heard a bunch of hedge, hedge funds, made a bunch of other hedge funds, very wealthy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, and then they're like, you know, on wall street best, they're like, what do we go for next? What do we go for next? And then, you know, the diamond hands hold fast diamond hands, right? Like never sell. Okay. <laughs> it's like, like, don't, you know, just like, just hold. Well, you know why they're, they're, they're holding for a couple of reasons, right? One, if they sell the, the price drops and they look like idiots. Yeah. Right. So you got to hold. And two, they don't have any money left to invest in anything else because they just put their whole retirement fund to the GameStop. <laughs> you oh, know, man. it's like, it, it's like, it's like, yeah, you're holding, but like, that's not a good sign. You know, it's like you're holding because you've backed yourself into a corner. There's not enough money left. There's not enough latent capital sitting on the sidelines in these groups to go and do it again and again and again after doggy coin or dog. How do you even pronounce that? Doggy coin? Dog coin? I always thought it was dodge coin, but well, I, but, but I, I never a have dog heard on the, There's a dog on the coin. Like their logo has a dog in it, I think. So, so I think okay. it's supposed to be dog or dog. What, what do you think of cryptocurrency? Is that a form well, of first of all, so first of all, first of all, I'm going to say for all your crypto fans, I don't know how many crypto fans you have in your listener base, but they're going to love my next statement. And then they're going to hate me after I, I say <laughs> my next statement. But, but uh, first of all, all currencies are crypto. 
all currencies are crypto. Every single currency is worthless. There's not a currency out there that is worth a damn thing. It's all smoke and mirrors, right? It's ephemeral. It means nothing. It only means something because we believe it means something. That's mm -hmm. all currency. That's all money. The only reason that the U.S. dollar matters is because we have a lot of guns and tanks and warships and warplanes <laughs> and bombs and nukes and et cetera, right? Like, seriously, that's the only yeah. reason that our money is worth anything, right? So, uh, you know, people are like, oh, we got to, we got to like, uh, you know, uh, divest, you know, our, you know, our def defense budget, you know, and like, okay, well then you're like basically tanking the dollar. You know what I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, so, so, so like all currencies though are, are meaningless ultimately. Uh, they have no inherent value. So they're all kind of cryptocurrencies in that sense. Now, what do I actually think of cryptocurrency? Uh, I think it's silly precisely because those people don't have tanks and warships and warplanes, right? And nukes, you know? So like, how are they going to defend the value of their own currency? All it takes is like one government to come along and be like, oh yeah, we don't like this and just end it for everybody. You, if, the, if the US Treasury, right, or SEC said, nope, we're done. Like, it's all done. It's done. Right. I mean, like if the US or China or Russia did that, it would be over for everybody. Okay. Okay. Uh, and what, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They don't no. have tanks. They don't have tanks or warships or warplanes or bombs or nukes, right? Or, you know, you know, a million people in their, in their military, right? So it's like, whereas like if, if all the countries in the world said, no, we're going to boycott the U.S. and we're not going to, you know, take U.S. money and we're not going to, you know, accept U.S. citizens and we're going to cut you off from world, tr world trade and we were really hurting. We just invade Canada and Mexico and Latin America <laughs> and then we'd be fine. Okay. And we yeah. could probably do that in like four to five months. You know? wow. So, so, and guess what? At that point, uh, they're taking our currency again. I guarantee it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I just seriously though. It's like, so it's like, I, I don't want to use any currency that I know the, the originator of the currency cannot enforce the value of. Right. Mm -hmm. So what about, Otherwise, you could get screwed at any time. So, so Tesla started taking Bitcoin, right? So, do companies that now accept uh, cryptocurrency like a Bitcoin? Yeah. So, so they, they, they legitimize they, it now, or absolutely, they legitimize it, right? So, you legitimize so like because okay, the 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 people who are you know the crypto nation might not have tanks and F twenty twos and you know, Nimitz and Ford class aircraft carriers, Trident II ballistic missiles, you know, Ohio class submarines, uh, M1A2 Abrams tanks, M4 assault rifles, right, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, they might not have all that et cetera, stuff. Et cetera, yeah. Et cetera. Uh, they, they don't have all that stuff, but if they have enough people that accept it, they can will its legitimacy into power because at the end of the day, there is in fact something that is more powerful than all those weapons, right? And that's just sheer numbers. Yeah like the sheer numbers of people willing to accept it. And so, th and that's what the crypto crowd hopes for. They hope that mm -hmm. it will become so ubiquitous that it will have to be legitimized because everybody will accept it, right? Mm. Like th that's their hope. And that is the only way it will survive is if an increasing number of people continue to increasingly accept it. And if that doesn't happen, it'll just slowly die, dwindle and die because it can't enforce its own will so it is, it is entirely reliant on the goodwill of others. See what I did there? I see that, yeah. <laughs> something, something I'm really curious about, Rem, is who would you say your top influences are? My top influencers or influences? Your top. Because influencers... The, the, in, 
The people that have influenced you most. People. Are you talking about yes. people or like ideas or like movements or sources? Let's 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 do two separate people okay. and then ideas. People. People are harder because I hate people. Um, <laughs> that's not true. I like people a lot, but only few. Um, the. Uh, um, I mean. I, th I think just like, I'll, I'll say like, you know, kind of ancient philosophers in the aggregate. Okay. Right. I mean, like, is there, is there a particular philosopher back oh, then? Oh, I like, I like, I mean, I, I'm a big Plato fan, right. I, I love, I love Plato, you know, um, very platonic. I used to be more Aristotelian. I've become more platonic over the years. Um, as I've gotten wiser maybe and, and less rigid, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, in, in a more, you know, let's say, let, let's go, let's go living. You want living or dead, like dead or living or, or both that, you know, uh, uh, I don't think it matters. I don't think like, what is death if they're still influencing people today? Yeah. I would ideas? say, I would say, I would say it's domain specific really. Right. I have influencer. I have people who have influenced me or thinkers who have influenced me in certain domains. Right. So it's like mm. Jane Jacobs, who's a very famous 20th century urbanist. Yes. I find her tremendously influential. Right. Uh, the, the death and li life of great American cities. Right here. Yes, the death and life of great American I, cities. I got, I got a bit to go yet. See, like that. And so I find her very influential. Like Taleb, you know, anti-fragile and Black Swan. I love him. I find him influential. I actually found Thomas Piketty's capital to be very influential on me. Um, not in, in, you know, he dis I disagree with him and he was very influential. I think Karl Marx was very influential. Um, you know, like I love classical thinkers, Marx, Smith, Peter Drucker, uh, the business thinker, Edwards Deming, the business management thinker. I find them to be influential. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Edgar Schein, the, the organizational culture theorist, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, just, you know, there's, there's, there's thinkers whose ideas are, are kind of, I, I find to be systemic, uh, you know, who, who employ a, a systems thinking approach. Those are the people I typically like. So um, someone like Nietzsche is more of like an individualistic approach, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Like I like people who are who are like looking at how macroscopic, like macro, not macroscopic, but um, macro cultural, macro political, macroeconomic phenomena are interlinked and influencing each other. Uh, Douglas North, who won a Nobel Prize in economics back in the '90s uh, for his work on institutional economics, uh, has been a big influence on me. Um, you know, it's like, I'm sure there's several theologians. I actually find uh, former Pope Benedict, uh, Joseph, before he was Pope, uh, Joseph Ratzinger as a philosopher uh, to, be, to be very influential on how I think um, in his work that combines the spiritual with the logical, um, which is very important mm. to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough, right? Because as you know, yeah. I read a lot like you do. I, I read a lot. and like, You read a lot more than I do. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I read more than anybody I know, but you know, you take bits and pieces from everything yeah. you read and you form your own ideas, yep. right? And, you yep. know, and then they, they become original works, um, yep. you know, and if you know, if you know, like copyright law, right? I mean, if you create something original enough from prior art, it now becomes an original piece of art. So, exactly. uh, so I like to think that, you know, under US copyright law, all my ideas are actually my own, so. <laughs> <laughs> What about some of the, the ideas then? 
Um, well, yeah, you kind of I mean, like, no, you kind of talked about like, it. What about like you're talking about intellectual movements, right? Like intellectual movements, right? You know that that are influential. Um, what? Okay. Capitalism, of course, I love capitalism as like, but not just not as like a a system, but as a theory, right? And there's a big difference. Like, I love capitalism as an yeah. economic theory. Oh, Joseph Schumpeter, I love as you know. Yeah, you've I mentioned him. Oh yeah, I love uh, Schumpeter. Usually, yeah. I mean, he, he was a capitalist. He thought capitalism would kill itself, and he's being proven correct. Uh, yeah. So, you know, profit maybe, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Schumpeter, I, I, I take after Schumpeter in believing that capitalism is awesome, but also believing that it will eventually uh, be a victim of its own success. And uh, mm. what's the most fascinating historic event? Guy Debord. I mean, like, you know, so, sorry, sorry, not, sorry, now you got me going. So, so Guy Debord, who's a 20th century Marxist, like he's a, he's a socialist philosopher. He wrote Society of the Spectacle. Fantastic book, right? So, so like, even though, like, I'm this Republican capitalist, I love, like, I find, you know, uh, Marxist thinking, kind of, um, you know, more socialist thing. I find it fascinating. It's very interesting to me. Um, I find many parts of it compelling, right? I'm not unreasonable. Um, and, uh, and that those things influence me, too. What historical event fascinates you the most? Ooh, that's great. You mean, from what perspective? Because I mean, like, I could obviously say, like the life and death of Jesus Christ, um, which is like kind of trite and it's kind of a bromide. Uh, but um, answer. I mean, it's up to your interpretation of the question. I mean, like, like the life and death of Jesus Christ, just because like of how much has affected Western civilization, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like the life and death of Jesus fundamentally altered the course of human history. Yeah. And, and, and there's like many, many, almost everything that happened after, at least in the West mm -hmm. can be traced back to the life and death of Jesus. So like that interests me just, you know, aside from the theological component, just the historical component is, is very interesting to me. Cause yeah. you also, for, for listeners that might not know this, you studied theology, you got a master's in theology. Yes, that is correct. So for better or worse. So then what, what are you most curious about recently? Oh, I love that question. That's a great question. I've been working so much. I haven't had time to think about like very much of anything. Um, what am I most curious about? I mean, I guess like the thing that weighs on me intellectually is like the taken to its extreme populism, right? Like the, 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 the rise of populism of which Black Lives Matter QAnon, capital riots, Wall Street bets uh, are all a product, right? The rise of populism and the ability of the, the proletariat, right? You know, the, mm -hmm. the masses to collect, take collective action uh, is very interesting to me. And I don't know if I know where it's going to take us. And mm -hmm. I, I haven't, I'm not convinced yet if I am for it or against it. There's part of me that's terrified of it, and there's part of me that that appreciates it. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way too. I I don't like, know. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want our world to be run by idiots, uh, the the lowest common intellectual denominator. But I also understand and appreciate why they feel like they need to rise up, and uh, you know has you know I, I think they have legitimate grievances, and and so you know I. I totally understand these actions right i mean it's like i people are like oh black lives matter it's like you know it's like why you know why why take to the streets sometimes violently right people are like oh that's wrong but 
I don't know if I agree with that, that it's wrong. Like if, if people feel like they have been so ostracized and uh, you know, kind of subjugated by those in power that they need to throw Molotov cocktails at buildings uh, because our system is broken and that's the only way that they know that they can be heard or feel that they can be heard. To express their voice, yeah. I think it's probably incumbent upon them as like people who are trying to take back their own agency to throw Molotov cocktails. Good for them. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like, if you felt like that, like if I felt like that, yeah, I'd take action too. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so like, I, you know, I don't, I don't fault them for doing that. I mean, good for them. I mean, why not? But, but I apply the same heuristic to the Capitol rioters. If you feel like, if you honestly felt like the, the election was stolen, perhaps like wrongly. And again, this goes back to education. See, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like if you, th- but if you thought in your ignorance that the election had been stolen, right? Like, and that democracy was being torn asunder by Joe Biden and, and Congress, like you might march on Congress too. In fact, isn't it your duty as a good citizen to march on Congress, right? So, so like, I, under, I actually understand it. Like, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. And I'm saying, okay, yeah, if like, I really thought that, that what was, that's what was going on, like, yeah, I might've done that. Uh, that makes sense. Good for them. At least they're consistent with their own beliefs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to see people who are consistent with their own, the own beliefs. If you're saying like, this is unacceptable, like, you know, our, you know, the democracy is under threat or, you know, you know, my, you know, or, or my people are being shot in the streets by police officers, will you, you know, just like, you know, uh, carte blanche and we need to do something. No one's doing anything about it. Like, yeah, it's kind of your duty as a human being to take action against that type of systemic oppression, right? The systematic oppression of these people. So, uh, you know, I understand all that uh, and I appreciate it. Now that said, do I want to see these people like take power and have their way? No, that's terrifying. So um, what we need is we need reasonable leaders who understand how to affect change on behalf of these marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. What statement do you believe is more accurate? That the world is just all chaos and we're all just trying to figure it out or there are people at the top that control how the world runs. Oh, it's, it's definitely the former. I, I really believe it's the former because here's the thing, when you're at the bottom, you think that everything at the top is like a highly intentional mechanistic, you know, Machiavellian design uh, constructed to keep you down. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I would agree that the way it's designed does keep people down, but there's no, you know, I can tell you, there's no Machiavellian design at the top. It's just people trying to look out for their own self-interest. And mm-hmm. in the process of doing so, there are winners and there are losers, right? It's not like mm-hmm. people are getting together in a room, right. And saying like, Oh, like we're going to keep these people down because we want to keep power. It's not that intentional. Now that does happen, but it's more incidental than that. It's like, ah, oh, it's like, you know, it, it really looks more like this. Uh, you know, our, our, our quarterly earnings, like were horrible this quarter, we have to get them up. So we have to shift marketing dollars to this group because that's our core customer base. And now all of a sudden I'm making the black community fat by investing, you know, more dollars and driving, you know, traffic in those communities to McDonald's. Right. It's, I'm not like, I haven't designed it so that like, I'm trying to make these people fat, you know, by marketing, if I'm McDonald's by Mark, no, I just know that they're going to buy my product and I got to get my quarterly statements up. You know what I'm saying? So the intention is very different at the top than it is at the bottom. At the bottom, they see these people are engineering it this way. Well, yes, but not because they want to keep you down, but just because like, that's the reality we're we're working with, you know? So, um, you know, you know, and, and having seen how it works at the top, 
you know, it's not, it's not always now, sometimes it is, but in most cases, it's not that intentional, right? It just, it just happens that way. You mm-hmm. know? And like the people at the top, they're trying to figure it out too. And like, once you have a little, cause they're, they're also keep... humans too. Yeah. They're humans. <laughs> and like, and, and once you have a little, you try to keep your little, and once you have a lot, yeah. you try to keep your lot, you know? Yeah. And, and like, that's the end of it. It's not like you're, you're saying, Oh, it's like, I got to put these people down. No, you're just trying to keep what you have just like everybody else. The problem is like, because you have this much, these people have less. Right. And so these people think you're actively working against them. You're not actively working against them. You're just working for yourself. So the, so in, in, uh, in network theory and complex systems theory, there's something called preferential attachment and preferential okay. attachment is, you know, pretty much just the law of nature. The things that start accumulating more things tend to accumulate more things at a rap and more rapid rate than other things. Right. It's like, it's just like, gravity, so it's like compounding. Know? Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, but it's more like gravity, right? So it's like if okay. this has, you know, if this if these two objects suddenly come together, now mm-hmm. they have a stronger gravitational oh, mass gonna... than this okay. object, right? So but then but now because it has they can take more naturally yeah. than like this guy floating alone over here. But every time they take another thing, this guy has a lower probability of getting anything, right? Mm. It's nature. Scarcity, preferential attachment happens in nature naturally. So it's like, can we as a society overcome that? Like if it happens in nature, maybe we can't, or maybe because we're humans and we can actually control nature to some degree, maybe we can. Mm. So before we head out, I want to ask you one last question. And uh, I, I, I hope that listeners can gain something from this. For someone listening, what would you say would be a great first step to kind of uh, applying their lives to accelerate their own learning and thinking and um, um, just improve their, their, their lives and their directions in their future? It's a good question. And I'm going to say some, I'm just going to like, just for the sake of being uh, provocative, uh, I'm going to encourage people to uh, intentionally induce shocks and stress into their life so that they are forced to adapt in an extremely radical and novel way. Quit your job, move to a different place, show up with nothing, figure it out. There you go. Wise now, wisdom. <laughs> harder, if you, harder if you have a family, right? But I yeah. mean, you know, I get that. But, uh, you know, it's like uh, things that survive and you know high stressors and shocks like intense stressors and shocks tend to adapt and get significantly better in mm-hmm. nature right and uh, and and people who have not kind of placed those stressors on themselves in their own lives uh, will find it harder to improve themselves appreciate that appreciate that thanks for listening to rich conversations again you can follow remington on twitter at Remington Tonar. Have a disruptive day.